the late 90s, early 2000s was not a good time for superhero movies. <laughs> um, when was the sort of like prime time for superhero movies? Like what's... afterwards? Like I think it started. Iron Man was maybe maybe Iron Man was early 2000s, but like that, that took a little while for the rest of the Marvel ones to kind of. There like there were some false starts. The Hulk movie wasn't that great, and then like whatever. So you're saying the Marvel movie years are the best? For me, the Christopher Nolan Batman movies are incredible. Okay, but whatever this. Other DC stuff they're trying to do. This fucking Green Lantern, Ghost Rider, Nicolas Cage's Ghost Rider was fucking Marvel, <laughs> and of course, famously Ben uh, Affleck's Daredevil. Yeah, I I never Not even good. saw Daredevil. Um, as a fan of comics, that's kind of surprising too, right? But uh, I, there's some that came out, and I just couldn't stomach them at all. Like this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's why we're talking about it on this podcast. We are welcome to Bad Movies and Beer. I'm Cooper, and I'm Nolan, and today we are discussing Catwoman. One of the famous superhero disasters of the, I guess, ever. <laughs> ever? Yeah. In uh, sort of superhero movie-making history. Yeah, this one sucked real bad. And for a whole bunch of ways. And we'll get into those, I guess, as we go through together. But this is Halle Berry coming off of an Oscar, right? Didn't she win an Oscar like two years before this or four years or five years or whatever? I didn't say Halle Berry sucked. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we can have some criticisms of her performance as well, but... I think it was more the style of this movie uh, that really let it down. Well, I'm hoping that the beer we are going to enjoy today will not let us down, although for me it probably will. No, no, you're going to love this. Do you think so? Yes. Well, how can we go wrong? It's from one of my favorite breweries. Uh, absolutely love them, Bellwoods, uh, in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And this is their Cat Lady. I mean, you're, we're not going to find a, a more appropriate beer really for a <laughs> for a cat pretty thing. much yeah no this is perfect and the the can is amazing too uh multicolored with uh cats and lightning bolts and stars it's it's pretty amazing it's a double dry hopped ipa so i'm really looking forward to getting into this i was very lucky the first two episodes of our second half here have been pilsners both times and so i was just like that's great i knew it couldn't last forever <laughs> i knew it couldn't last forever oh I, although the other day we were chatting and you were yelling at me because you opened up an ipa that just went down so smooth you know, there's like the, the exception that proves the rule. I'm just assuming that whatever this particular IPA, they just really made it like, you know, accessible, let's say, for people like me who like normal beer. Oh, I don't know. We'll see at the end of this episode how, how you sort of feel about it. But I think uh, they're growing on you here. Well, we'll see right now with this cat lady. Let's uh, let's crack them open and let's get into it, it here. So the opening credits are taking place over kind of like Egyptian art. There's pictures and kind of paintings of cats being worshipped and uh, also some news clippings of thefts and sightings of women in cat suits. This credit sequence is doing a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah. So very quickly there, you're seeing them start to build the lore of Catwoman. You're starting to see that maybe this is coming from uh, like Egyptian gods or goddesses. Uh, and their connection to to cats and to felines, and then moving through history. So they're putting a lot of weight behind this cat story. I, I just want to make very clear, this movie cannot support that weight. That, this movie <laughs> crumbles underneath all of that weight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, they do sort of set up quite an extensive lore about that connection, and you're right, it, it struggles to live up to that hype. So we do get into it pretty much right away. We get a voiceover from Halle Berry's character that says, it all started on the day I died, which was also the day she started to live. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed out loud. Uh, <laughs> it was really hard to take this line seriously. We, we discussed really briefly sort of the Catwoman lore. I feel like that is something that 
we, it's been connected before that sort of death and rebirth. Well, she's got nine lives, man. Yeah. Cats have nine lives. Well, exactly. But I guess that that connects well to the comic book lore uh, or the sort of lore of superheroes. Most of them are kind of having their second start. Absolutely. And we get the impression that she's having a start right here, or at least this might have been the end of her nine lives because Halle Berry is literally floating face down in water. But all this comes later. And so we go back in time. Uh, Halle Berry is looking frumpy. She's working ad campaigns for a beauty company. The company owner is making an announcement about a new campaign for a product called Bioline. When his wife, Sharon Stone, who has been the face of the company, interrupts and takes this chance to announce that she is stepping aside. Yeah, so I, I think previously for this pharmaceutical slash beauty company, she was always the face of it. But as we learn sort of later, she's surpassed that magical number of 40 and she she can't be there anymore and boy is this a recurring theme throughout this movie eh? <laughs> yes that's sort of hanging on to beauty and age oh, yeah. and the connections that go through there yeah well there's a tense conversation between husband and wife and that's the exact moment that Halle Berry's character picks to interrupt them and ask them if the owner of the company likes her campaign art uh he does not and he insults her sense of style she's got one day to fix this art. Yeah, she's about to put in 24 hours really hard artwork here. It's going to be hard because there's a very loud party happening. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We sort of, she gets home. She tries to get some rest before she has to crush this art campaign. And there's a party keeping her up. Now, she does go to try and ask him to quiet down. But in addition to looking frumpy as hell, she's also, you know, not very forceful with her personality. Unbelievably, this tactic does not work. They are unimpressed with her and they will not. Um, she sees a cat. She makes strong eye contact with this cat. She does. <laughs> they are definitely telling us that this is an important cat. They're just hammering us over the head with it. It's been like five minutes of this movie. They're just laying it all out for you. Oh, it's all on the table. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I guess if you're showing up at the Catwoman movie, you know this is coming. Yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. So None this, this is isn't really surprise. a surprise, but they are feeding it to us like very small children. Yeah. Well, the next day, that same exact cat climbs up the outside of her building. And inexplicably, she decides to go out onto the ledge to get it, which I don't know. I don't know why. It doesn't belong to you. It's not her cat. Well, what the fuck is she doing? That eye contact sort of made them soulmates. She knew right away she had to go <laughs> rescue this cat. Like, no, I questioned it immediately as well. I was like, cats are really good at walking on narrow things. Humans, not so much. <laughs> uh, why would you climb out onto a ledge of a building several stories above the ground to try to rescue a cat who's going to come down on its own very shortly? Yeah, she almost falls to her death. While she's sort of on that ledge, though, a police officer pulls up. Oh, a handsome police officer. Mm -hmm. It's Benjamin Bratt. And he, he <laughs> like, full disclosure, he is a stunning man. He is extremely handsome. <laughs> Are you laughing? You tell me it's not true? Tell no, me it's no, not true. he's a handsome man. Like, Law and Order, right, is where yep. I have the connection well, from him, right? For movies, Miss Congeniality ah, with Sandra okay. Bullock. Yes. Yeah. All right. So I, you definitely sort of... That brought me back to that. Like he definitely felt like he was in the correct role here. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, you handsome want you want a man. handsome man. Yeah, yeah. And he he rescues her, uh, and he's handsome as fuck. <laughs> he is. I'm sorry, he is. <laughs> well, they go into that very quickly. This is, a, this is not a recurring theme. It, it turns out it's not even her cat. He is a little perplexed by this, but like strangely intrigued. I guess you can see kind of below the frumpiness to the beautiful, talented Halle Berry. Living underneath. Yeah, he gives us his name. Yeah, he's police officer Tom Lone. Um, he saves her, but then she quickly remembers she has to get to work on this project. Yeah, runs away before he can find out more about her, or yeah. get her number, anything like that. But conveniently, what happens? Well, so... She drops her wallet. Before... Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so she drops it on the ground. He tries to chase her down with it, and she's off. She's gone. She's She's gone to work. 
At the office, Sharon Stone walks in and she sees that her image has been replaced by new models, literally by new models. She's out, they're in, she's feeling kind of down. And at that exact moment, her husband shows up to tell her that she's old. Just like... <laughs> and he cancels lunch with her. Oh yeah, man. We get the impression quickly that their marriage is not great. No, you can see that these two are only together for the power that it brings them both. Yeah. Benjamin Brad shows up to return Halle Berry's wallet, which you mentioned she dropped. One of Halle Berry's co-workers says... Hey, man sandwich, 12 o'clock. <laughs> so, what is a man sandwich? Uh, this character, she is definitely in there as the female comic relief, but all of her comments are sexual. Um, it's she, Alex Borstein. It's the voice of Lois Griffin on Family Guy. Yes, and she drops uh, this little... He, he introduces himself as Tom Lone, and she says, Ooh, it rhymes with bone. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> all oh of her lines. God. All of her lines are like that in yeah. the movie. And there were kind of sometimes necessary interludes into this uh, yeah. story we had here, but it was super unnecessary, too. Do you think he's named Tom Lone because he's a lone wolf? Uh, we, he kind of gets into that. He likes yeah. to work alone on, on the sort of circuit. So it's not just a clever episode. name. It's a horrible name. There could have been a way more creative <laughs> name for this character. I don't know. Good Is there any, any like Catwoman lore? About this, or did they just completely no, pick that name? this is bullshit. Catwoman no. doesn't have a police officer Catwoman who saves is, us. Catwoman likes then... Batman, but they, Batman couldn't be in this movie. Batman wouldn't be anywhere near this fucking movie. <laughs> uh, anyway, he's he's like strangely interested in her. Patience Phillips, by the way, is her name. After some light to medium flirting, he asked her to coffee. Her coworkers suggest that she wear that leather outfit they got her, which, again, they're just hammering us over yeah, the head with yeah, this. They're feeding us the entire time. She says she's never going to wear that outfit, of course. Yeah, uh, based on every trailer and image I've seen from this movie, that is a lie. <laughs> uh, Halle Berry has to deliver her new art to, like, the factory for some reason where they make yeah. the stuff. Why so, is she delivering plans there? So she's working late. She's just trying to get this art done. Everyone else in the office has left, and she calls the messaging service. I guess who is supposed to deliver the art for her? When she tries to deliver it, though, I guess the messaging service is no longer working. It's only 15 minutes before her deadline. So she decides she's going to hustle it down to the lab. Why, why is it going to turn there, though? I why, don't know. Why on I, earth would the art be there? I assume that the guy works in the same place she does. Like, I thought yes, she just had to go up an office. elevator. Yeah. Yes. So I don't I know. know. So she decides to go to a lab. It doesn't make sense at all. As soon as she gets there, you know that creepy shit's about to go down. Well, we get the ominous lighting, and it's after dark, and, you know, we hear some scientists talking, and one of them is sharing his concerns that this new beauty product, Biolene, has not only minor side effects, which include headaches and nausea, but it also has long-term ones, including horrible face scarring. And also, it's highly addictive. <laughs> yeah, and he, he sort of shrugs off the addictive, too. He's like, oh, that would be fine. Right, because it's going to make us a lot of money. But I'm not okay with women later being scarred for life. And they have an image up of their new sort of spokesmodel, and she's got scars all across her face. What is Sharon Stone's sort of response to this? She doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, she says, <laughs> she, I don't care. If they keep using it, it's going to keep their face clean, right? So you're not going to see the scarring as long as they're using it. So you can tell right away they're, they're setting up Sharon Stone as the big bad here. Yeah. Halle Berry walks in on this, and because she's seen and heard this, now they can't let her leave. So we've got goons chasing her and shooting at her. She tries to escape through some kind of sewer tunnel, which leads to a giant drop, and she ends up pulling a fucking fugitive. <laughs> Just j jumps out of that thing. 
Well, she doesn't really jump. She doesn't really jump. Yeah. So she's running away. It's, it's quite a long sort of chase scene where they're immediately trying to murder her because she's witnessed this. She gets herself in there. They lock her in, and they flush the sewage out. And it hits her like a sack of bricks. You see her go flying, hit that water, and like she literally ends in a pile of shit on the sort of bottom <laughs> of the bay there as she's dies right this is where she has her transformation moment or this is where it's coming oh yeah she eats shit like Bodie at the end of point break and then she's just floating there <laughs> washed up on this rock island Bodie which for sense. some reason is full of cg cats <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing around it's just rocks yeah so there's a weird island like it looks like it's made from the refuse that's come out of the pipes to oh. me it's like it is solidified feces or other like garbage products that have formed these islands in the bay but yes the cats sort of know it's coming, and the the Egyptian cat, the one very special cat. <laughs> the leader of this band of CG cats. For some yeah. reason, there's 30 fucking cats on Tons this garbage cats. island. Well, the, the, the Egyptian cat meows really loud, and they all come. But it, it revives her by breathing his cat breath in her face. <laughs> what, what is this? I don't know if you've ever owned a cat or had a cat, but cat breath is awful. You do not want that in your face. I, okay. We've had conversations like this before, but... Who was the screenwriter who was like, okay, we got to find a way to infuse her with cat-like powers. What if she washes up on a fucking garbage island and we have a cat breathe on her? It's a magical Egyptian cat, though, so that's okay, right? Like, because they've explained it as a magical Egyptian cat, we can all buy this. But we don't know that it's a magical Egyptian cat yet. We find that out Well, I think the credits kind of alluded to it. So you're saying there's one very special cat. And luckily, that cat just happened to be on the island. One very special breed of cats. Yes. yes. So Egyptian cats anywhere in the world can just pull this shit. Uh, The very specific Egyptian breed, that one, yes. This is ridiculous. (laughs) It's just what happens. Yeah. So, So it breathes in her mouth. And what happens to Hallie now? So she stalks her way home. Which also, this bothered me on a, on a personal level. She never wipes her face. She's got fucking sewage all over her face. And she had no point. She's just walking home, looking yeah. like she's so, just washed up on shore. she wakes up. She's disoriented and, like, clearly starts to sense that she has cat powers, right? Well, on the walk home, we see that she's climbing. She has this newfound agility. She has some kind of eye thing that's happening where, like, her eyes do a weird fucking deal. It's that, like a zoom. Like, she yeah. can see further than – and this is, for me, where it really dated the movie. This is going to happen a lot in this movie, but like people will look back at the style of movies from this period, late 90s, early 2000s, and it's trying to make it feel like a video game. Like I felt like a lot of the cinematography decisions in this about putting people up high and the way that they move them was intentional around something they did at that time, and it fucking falls so flat it's almost as if they looked at like video games that were popular at the time and like the graphics and we're sort of like well now that we have this cg ability we can do stuff like this let's make it look like that people like video games we well, can do this i think they definitely had those conversations in making this and i think that it really hurt the sort of viewing and connection i had with it like as a fan of video games you don't need to try to replicate that in your cine- like cinematic no. experience let, let right? video like, games be video sense. games let yeah. movies be movies Speaking of her being up high, she wakes up at home only she's sleeping on a shelf instead of her bed. <laughs> oh my god, I just fucking groaned. I'm yeah. like, come on, man, we she, get it. Of Cats course, sleep she on a fucking. Of shelf. course, come she on. falls out, right? Well, of course. Uh, turns out that she's been sleeping so long that she has missed her date with Benjamin Brett. So she decides to return the ledge cat to its owner. This is a real cat lady right here. 
Ophelia Powers. Okay, what is this house in the middle of this city? <laughs> so it's this beautiful old house. Um, Surrounded by skyscrapers. It has an incredible library. It seems really out of place. Um, and we get introduced to this real cat lady, right? Do you think her house has like a historical landmark designation? I, How definitely. the fuck else is it possible? I think definitely it is that house that has that historical landmark. And um, my question was... It, was she the old cat woman? Like for me, I was wondering ah. whether she was a cat woman. I was wondering with whether Ophelia Powers, that name was meaningful and whether we had like a transition of powers now. It's a mentor mentee scenario. Yeah. I wondered mm. if that's what was happening when she, she came here. Like this woman is thankful. The cat's there. She knew that she was coming, right? She's kind of like, Oh good. You're here. Yeah. It's one of those things. Yeah. She and then, it. and then she has tons of cats. Like her house is full of them. She also has tons of history. She gives Halle Berry a history lesson, basically, as if the opening credits did not give us enough. And then, because she knows what's up, she throws a toy full of catnip at Halle Berry, and uh, Halle Berry basically fucks this with her face. She just fucking <laughs> rubs, it, just rubs it all over her face. Yeah, she takes this ball of catnip and does rub it all over her face, and she she's decides she's not ready for this info, though, right? Like, this is fucked. I'm yeah. out of here. She bolts. As any natural person would, right? Like, if you yeah. go to a weird lady's house and she's got all this strange cat history for you, you're probably going to get the fuck out of there, and Halle Berry does the right thing. She does. Maybe she was just embarrassed by fucking how erotic she made that catnip facial she <laughs> gave herself jesus christ <laughs> later on at work her boss is ripping her a new one over not delivering the designs and she goes off on him and gets fired we got a new personality showing up here she's you know clearly conflicted on her walk home she hisses at some dogs that are barking at her which fuck me like again <laughs> the cat woman of the comics there's no Ugh. fucking hissing she isn't like part cat whatever yeah they're Ugh. they're really laying into it they're sort of playing with the confusion she has over this transition she's very captivated by a necklace in a window display that she sees her friend who is walking home with her that's the uh crass Sally. one from earlier yeah. faints and they end up going to the hospital turns out her friend has been using that new product bioline yeah, so I think very quickly, or it's not in this scene, but I think in the next scene they have in the hospital together, she discourages her from continuing to use that product because she's figured out clearly that it's not healthy for you and it's causing some of the problems for her friend. And yet she doesn't tell her friend exactly all the things that were said. She isn't like, oh, this will happen, this will happen, this will happen. She's like, you should really stop using that. She leaves it maddeningly vague. That is true. Um, and I don't know if she did that to protect her friend, like if she thought her friend knew they would come after her too. Good point. Her friend right. is very mouthy and has yeah. a very loud, noticeable voice. If she was like, you know, started walking to the office out of shirt. Yeah, like, she's like, this yeah. is poison. Then yeah, That's, she's going to be. <laughs> I've seen this pretty good impression of her. Yeah, she's going to be in trouble. Yeah. So she stumbles upon Benjamin Bratt, who is giving a pep talk to some inner city kids. Halle Berry has tracked him down, I guess, using her new cat abilities. And now we get an absolutely ridiculous basketball scene where Halle Berry, who appears to have zero real life basketball talent, yeah. plays one on one with Benjamin Bratt. And I mean, my God. <laughs> These these must have been oh. these must have been like basketball cats that revived her. Maybe they were once owned by the Harlem Globetrotters because oh she God. just fucking she has this all of a sudden she has this mad handle and she just dunks on him. She so, dunks, she jumps up and dunks on him. It is the least realistic looking thing we, I've ever seen. We in my are life. again getting into the video game territory Come here. On. This scene was absurd. I got like out loud gut laugh at it because <laughs> she clearly has no basketball skills. None. None. Challenges Benjamin Bratt. She tries to dribble with her own skills, and then they start computer-generating an actual person who can do it. She does some weird jumps off the wall, and you can see her cat abilities taking over here. And she it's just – it's awful. It's like, really bad. I'd, 
The kids are impressed, though. Is the target who was the target audience for this movie? So I was wondering that too, and it's it's got a real kind of like, and I almost hate to use this phrase, but like it's got like a girl power vibe. Like it's almost like a like. But a, then why this scene? Because she's fucking beating the man at basketball. I guess, but it, the scene itself, or the way that it played out, felt really juvenile. It's like it's, it felt yeah. like it would the way that it was designed was for kids. Like this is a scene that the kids are gonna love, and I just. I couldn't handle it. It was really bad. We started getting some of that camera work in here too. Yeah. Where it was Quick flying cuts. all over, crazy cuts, crazy yeah. zooms. I even wrote down that it was kind of making me nauseous. Like it was so bad that it was affecting my ability to watch it. And that never happens when I watch movies. 3D movies, any kind of movie, I'm fine with it. But the way that they were doing it was so aggressive in this that I was feeling off. I was like, this is not good. Well, uh, whoever that scene was for, it ends. And then we go back to Sharon Stone. She finds out that she hasn't just been replaced as the face of her company. Her husband is also spending time with a different lady. It's one of the models. So Sharon Stone smashes some glass, and when we see her hand, there's no cut. She is not bleeding at all, despite literally shattering a glass <laughs> in her hand. So they're definitely billing her as a supervillain, right? Something's happened to her that's making her stronger. I wonder what it could be. I don't know. What, what has it? she what is... done over the is last some 15 sort of, yeah. years that could have led to this? We'll never know. Or will we? Yeah, we're going to know. Uh, from there, we cut to Halle Berry just mowing canned tuna. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like we get it. We, no, we yeah, get it. She's I wrote cat. this we get down. It. She had cat. like 10 empty oh, cans of tuna. God. She's shoving it into her mouth as she's talking on the phone to her friend. She's also climbing on the furniture while she's oh, talking to her friend. Yeah, this is just... It's ridiculous. Uh, I was struggling so hard with this transition right now. Yeah. Uh, that night, there's another loud party. This time, she goes over there and tells them to turn it the fuck down. And when they don't listen, she kicks down the door, sprays water on their speakers, and just takes the host down. I don't even think it's water. She takes their beer. They got like a keg with a spout on it, and she, she takes that spout of beer and pours it all over their speakers. Oh, I thought it was like the soda hose in no, the bar. No, I think it was okay. beer hose. And then she rips that out of there, and she uses it like... The Catwoman whip. This is the first sort of Catwoman whip side of idea we're getting. But she fucks up that uh, that party host for sure. She does, man. And she is feeling herself. And that means it's leather outfit time. <laughs> she also gets a haircut. And then she steals a motorcycle. Says, time to accessorize. Oh, my God. Yeah. And she, <laughs> she, <laughs> You're getting she, the full transformation here. They've got a very like porn-ish music going on in the background as she's transforming, getting this leather Ooh, on. Yeah, um, man. It was funky. This motorcycle ride also, again, ridiculous in its sort of speed yep. and cinematography. CG. I was really so struggling to sit with that CG. It was really, really affecting me. So she rides that motorcycle to the place where she saw that necklace that she was very focused on earlier in her walk home. And wouldn't you know it, that store just happens to be getting robbed. So she breaks in. <laughs> the store also just happens to have masks that they sell. So she throws one on and confronts the robbers and says to them, You boys thought you could come in here and steal all these beautiful things? What a perfect idea. Huge groan. Huge yeah. groan from me. There were a lot of groans in this jewelry store. They're setting up a, a chance to show off her fighting skills, right? And the fight is pretty funny. Uh, yes, they shoot at her, but they can't hit her. She just kicks their asses, and she rides one guy like a skateboard. <laughs> I wrote down, yeah, she surfs on a dude. She jumps yeah, on man. him, and he slides, and he hits his head on the wall. She throws down a couple really bad meows, too. She's yeah. like, meow. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, really? Oh. We got a lot of weird camera views. There's a clear stunt double at various points. 
And once she has dispatched these robbers, she just steals everything. <laughs> all the valuable stuff. Everything. Right? She takes all the good stuff. Now, you'll never believe this. The police officer who's assigned to this robbery case, you guessed it. It's Benjamin Bratt. Small yeah, world. Of course. And uh, he's going to figure this out because he's a hardworking independent cop. He's not going to let any of this Also, go. insanely handsome. <laughs> So we're going to keep coming back to that, but he is handsome. He's a handsome man. There, we get footage of the crime scene. The cops are trying out names for this lady. We get They tease me here. They yeah. tease me. They don't say the title. Drop it. I got excited yeah. there, but instead they suggest cat chick and even cat bride. Which is like, <laughs> yeah. Like, again, misogyny on display. Uh, this movie is like railing up against the patriarchy, but it's doing it in such a fucking ham-fisted way. It's I not just, good. Yeah, It's like, so bad. Uh, who directed this? Don't know. I would be very surprised if it was written and directed by women. You think it's one of those uh, nobody in the room things where it's like a bunch of a bunch of like white guys being like, "This will be great." Yeah, I, it, yeah, that's what it feels to me. Like it was a bunch of I'm, I could be very wrong, but I feel like it was a bunch of white men writing what they think women should like. It does seem too heavy-handed. Like, yeah, it just like seems yeah, like there's there's no nuance to this at all. No, no. So we got Benjamin Bratt investigating. Yeah, we see actually that she has returned almost all of the jewelry. And also left some cupcakes to say sorry. And now we get, and how excited were you for this, a Googling montage. His searching cats, women, basically produces the opening credits. It's a, it's a montage of Googling. So I didn't love the Googling montage. Uh, montages are only awesome if people are getting ready or jacked up for something. Okay, yeah. Finding your, out your sort of historical background on Google does not do it for me. I'm sorry. As she's scrolling through stuff, one photo kind of captures her eye. It's Midnight, the ledge cat. She sees Midnight, right? Uh, she sees Definitely. Looks a, an image that looks just like the cat that breathed life into her. And she needs to know more. Where can she go to figure this out? That fucked up house in the middle of the city. She's got to go back and see Ophelia, right? Yeah. I think that was and it. that lady, once again, not surprised to see her. <laughs> Turns out that she is a former professor who was denied tenure because, of course, male academia. Real yeah. boys club. Which is true. It is. Exactly. <laughs> right, like that like, fits. That this one this is movie like, yeah. has valid points, <laughs> yeah. but it just makes them in such a sloppy way. Yeah, she this tells, is interesting. This is where yeah. I started to – I had asked earlier if she was the old cat woman, right? Like if they were going to transfer yep. power. Here's where that theory isn't true. No, more right? of a cat woman historian. Yeah, exactly. So she's a historian of cat woman. Yeah, and she tells her just all about what's going on. Turns out that she is the most – she being Halle Berry – is the most recent in a long line of cat women. And there's the title. Because he says you are a cat woman. And I was just like a little fist pump there. Uh, uh, but unlike other women, she can be free. And freedom is power. And again, great message there. Just unfortunately, it's wrapped up in a terrible movie. After this conversation, right? After she learns oh, about yeah. this, we transition pretty quickly to nighttime, don't we? Well, we cut to her fully costumed up. She's in heels. We've got rock music, and she's, like, strutting along this ledge. Yeah. Like, this is where the suit becomes not so empowering in my mind, right? It's – I was thinking the same thing. It cuts from – we're talking about, like, female empowerment right to, like, a shot of her ass. Like, she's just being objectified yes. the second after they talk exactly about Exactly after, right? You you get a rip in – her pants are all ripped up, so they you are. can see her skin Showing through skin. them. And for the record, that's totally fine. She can do that. It just seems like an odd juxtaposition between – Oh, all these like male yeah. dominant, whatever, to like immediately if, just like making if her appear. That is like, what she know. wanted, or she was doing that because that empowered her. Good. But the way that they put it in the movie is more to sell Halle Berry's sex appeal. 
Oh yeah, like right? like literally, is... there are lingering close-ups of her butt and boobs as she's strutting along this rooftop right yeah. after this like message of female empowerment, which like she can dress however the fuck she wants to dress. She can strut around, she can wear whatever. But like the the camera shot choices, yeah, the, no, the, her the whole face thing, isn't yeah. in the shots. Yeah. It's just her and yeah. her butt. Like it, come on, it definitely felt exploitative. Like it was not fitting with sort of that. And this is why I would argue that. Women were not in the process of writing this movie. I right? would agree like, with that yeah, statement. That I feel like you could have her in the badass costume being a badass. I'm not yeah. sure women would have suggested, you know what? Let's get a close-up of her cans. Yeah, that's that's unlikely that if you're looking to empower women, you choose that way. Probably not. This is where we get more of this sort of video game Dude. free running above the city feel, right? Yeah, lots of CG jumping gets yeah. us to the factory from before, the lab, whatever it is. She sees one of the guys who shot at her. She follows him to a club. She orders, God damn it. She orders White Russian. No ice. Hold the vodka. Hold the cola. So she's ordering cream. She just ordered Come straight on, cream. Man. She chugs it. She does, licks her lips, and then whips. She has her whip now. She whips her way onto the D floor. And she grabs the factory guy, throws him outside. She beats him up for information. And she finds out that there's something wrong with the new product. She goes back to the factory for clues. She finds the scientist dead. I just got to go back to that sort of fight they had okay. for a second here. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Um, and when she knocks him down and she's sort of interrogating him when he knows that he's defeated, she grabs his tongue with her claws. Cat's got your tongue. Oh, yeah, God. Just There's throws so it in there. There's so many built oh. in there. And then you transition over to her finding the scientist murder. Yeah. She's the only person seen there. Janitor spots her. I would just, next day, it's all over the news. Unbelievably, Detective Benjamin Brad is on that case also, and he notices some similarities in the sorry that's written on the bag of jewelry. Remember, she returned the bag of jewelry with a note on it, and the name that's written on his coffee, because she wrote sorry on his coffee cup for like missing the date. A handwriting expert says that there is some big personality differences between the two people, so he isn't sure. Yeah, he says it's not likely the same person, but as we're seeing... Catwoman's kind of two-faced, right? Like, yeah. she, she has those two personalities when she's Catwoman and when she's not. Yeah, I think her confidence is building the more that she gets used to being in her new uh, fucking basketball cat body. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we get some, <laughs> we get some uh, flirting and investigating at a carnival. They get stuck on a Ferris wheel that breaks down. It starts to fall apart, so they both spring into action. Benjamin Bratt stops the gears, and she saves a kid. Again, that crazy fast cinematography, you see her move using the computer generation, and she, it, you have that sort of tense moment. You're happy she saves the child so it doesn't fall and die at the Ferris wheel. But it's just, I, I really hate the way they tried to make it feel like a comic or a game. And Maybe I would I have think, liked it at the time, but it does not hold up watching I don't think so, now. though. Yeah. Because like we were saying at the beginning, like this is so indicative of those comic movies of like the late '90s, early 2000s, yeah. and like the thing that I loved with the Christopher Nolan Batman ones is they were they were like grounded in real life. Yes, like as much as a guy in a bat suit can be grounded in real life, yeah, but like yeah. at least they take place in a plausible world with like you can believe these are fights that are happening, these are events that are happening. It isn't so crazy. Yeah, I I think that's true. I think. You either have to go all the way one direction, like it has to be completely feel unreal, or it has to be more grounded because this does not sort of balance that well enough for me. No. And I, I don't I don't like it at all. I, I'd rather you go just fully into the comic or fully outside of that. Benjamin Brad suggests they have dinner after this excitement dies down. She says not tonight. She's got business to take care of. That business is breaking into her boss's house. Mm. Now, Sharon Stone happens to be home and catches her. 
They get a little bit of a standoff, and Catwoman thinks that the husband is behind Biolene and the murders. Sharon Stone plays dumb about the whole thing, gives her a phone, offers to help, points Catwoman in the direction of her husband. Then we get like a Cirque du Soleil type show. That's where the husband is. So here's the point where Catwoman sort of has the villain wrong. She really does yep. think it's the the man when we see that it was Sharon Stone all along. And we know that Sharon Stone knows about this already, but she oh, plays yeah. this just right. Yeah, she plays it perfectly. So so Catwoman goes after uh, her boss, the, the dude, finds him, but... She's spotted there. Kind they of a setup, there. right? Yeah. yeah, immediately police swarm this place. They show up real fast. Yeah. Almost as though Sharon Stone called them and was like, hey, this cat mm-hmm. person that you're looking for is going to be at this thing. Of course, Benjamin Brad is there. And then they get a different kind of one-on-one this time. Before it was basketball, now it is like him trying to arrest her and them fighting on a catwalk. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't write that down, but that's true. This yeah. very like choreographed with lights and other obstacles yep. catwalk fight. Now she escapes, and this time it's after some aggressive flirting. They had some like light to medium flirting before. This is aggressive. She licks his face. Yeah, as which, Catwoman, yeah. right? Like so, she's kind of pushing the boundaries as Catwoman, where she's being sort of shy in person. The next day, the uh, owner of the company, Halle Berry's boss, is freaking out. Sharon Stone taunts her husband. He takes a swing at her, and when he hits her, he hurts his hand. See, apparently, years of using Biolene has turned her into some kind of. Stone woman, <laughs> pardon the pun. Yeah, uh, obviously. This is where I wrote down sure the cream's making her a super villain. It is. Yeah. From there, we go to date night. It's Halle Berry and Benjamin Bratt. They are actually having that dinner. She kind of feels him out a little bit. He wants to know more about her. On the walk home, she's like maybe going to tell him, but then it starts raining. And of course, his cats hate rain. Instead, they run to shelter and start making out. Okay. The date yep. was fucking awful. It like was some the, of the most awkward conversation and like setup. Okay, I'm, I'm going to stop you right there because our audience listening does not necessarily know about your dating history, but I do. <laughs> you have not been on a lot of like date dates. Like you, you essentially married your high school sweetheart. Like <laughs> realistically, as, okay, someone, okay. as someone who has had a much lengthier single career than you, I but can tell you a lot of dates are actually like A lot that. of dates are that They're, awkward yes. and that horrible. Yes, sir. It was awful. The way that it was written made me so bored. It made me write that all of the parts in between like just Catwoman fighting are garbage. Like everything else was falling apart for me at this point. I was like, I either just want to see Catwoman fight. I don't need any of this stuff in between. Like, we just got to get to the end of this. I hated the date. I will admit, the dialogue was clunky. Really bad. But I just, I'm just, I just want you to know that's how that's a lot how of dates, dates are. go. Okay. A lot I of dates are. If you don't know the person well, yeah. it can be dicey. It can be awkward. Okay. They're kissing. Later the on, rain. after what I have to assume is the best sex of his life. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, had to, I have to come back gonna, to this. Say, how, how do they go from like her being timid and having their first kiss to immediately going to fuck? It's the cat power. She's getting more confident. The, the spirit of the but, cat but is But in this, her. like, I, I interpreted that she had sort of two sides to her. She was either patient or she was Catwoman. But my right? point is she's transitioning. She you think was, she's transitioning? She was Patience Phillips. Okay. She is becoming and the Catwoman. And this is where she's fully becoming Catwoman because oh, yeah. she lets go right away here. And they have some sex. And then it immediately again, shoots to him having scratches I, on his back. I have to assume it's just absolutely incredible. He later on goes to the fridge to hydrate because he probably, after all, it's probably like long, long session. He needs to, <laughs> needs to hydrate. <laughs> he steps on something sharp and it is a Catwoman nail. One of like the, the nails like from her sort of costume. He's suspicious after that. So he takes a glass from the apartment for a DNA test. Meanwhile, <laughs> this, she- is, this is so fucking dumb. 
What do you mean? It makes uh, all the sense in the world. Uh, no, but did you see the science? It's great police work. Yeah, the science they use, they immediately get to this lab that has all these sort of futuristic computers, and they match everything up, and very quickly, he's like, oh, it's Catwoman. And I was just laughing my ass off. They got DNA like, yeah. on the on the. But on they the, didn't do a DNA on test. On one of the jewelry they bags. They like maybe, matched the coffee up her cup? lip print with something else that was He's wasn't, got the coffee cup. Yeah, it, it was brutal. It was. Brutal. I don't know. Go back buddy. and watch that piece again, and it is some horrible science. There's, he's got something. That but is, he knows it's there. her. He knows it's her, and that's he's, the important. He's part. very suspicious. Yeah. Meanwhile, Sharon Stone calls Halle Berry on some kind of like FaceTime video call that definitely did not exist in 2004 when this movie came out. That wasn't a thing, was it? Was like Skype a no, thing? No, it was like on her cell phone. It, yeah. Like she called her own cell phone, and the video of her popped up. Yeah. But Sharon Stone again playing this just perfectly tells her that she was right and there is something wrong with Bioline and they have to stop it before it hits the shelf. So she is just making herself seem super innocent. Yeah. Great job by Sharon Stone. She does a good job in this villain role, right? Like uh, she she plays it really, really well. I think that would be a strong part to this movie is the way that they've done that. It's super on the nose, but she does everything that I'm sure the writers and directors asked of her in this movie. Well, I think it helps that... <laughs> it's going to sound ridiculous, but... I feel like Sharon Stone in real life is kind of like inherently unlikable. Like I think generally speaking, like, I'm serious. Why? Like, Why is that? Do you think women or men like her? Do you think most people don't like yeah, her? I'll, I'll tell you the honest reason. I think the honest reason is unlike a lot of female celebrities, when Sharon Stone kind of aged out of like you mentioned earlier, like oh, above the age of whatever, yeah. you sort of like lose your Hollywood um, fucking access card essentially yeah she did not go gently into that good night it was kind of like very vocal about like kind of how it's bullshit i think that alienated her from a lot of people i mean good on her right like i, I agree 100 yeah, percent. yeah but i see what you're saying right like that kind of got her blacklisted a little bit i saw her one time speaking on like a panel of it was for some maybe it's for like the tv show ratchet is she in that show ratchet but it was okay. like i just remember the the star of that show was there and a couple of other like it was women of different ages like various and like sharon stone she was like leading this thing talking about how like there aren't enough roles for women in Hollywood. The ageism thing is real. The sexism thing is real. So like, yeah. she's very outspoken about it, which I think for a lot of people is a turnoff. But what would she, so I think that's really interesting, right? Like I think she came onto the scene and, and was mostly kind of exploited for, for her, her looks. looks yeah, right? exactly. Um, and it makes sense that as she ages and her looks change, people should try to appreciate her for other parts of her acting ability or, or skills. Although, I just wonder why she would take this role. I just want to jump in because although she did do Basic Instinct 2, and I think she was like over 40 when she did it, and there's a lot of skin in Basic Instinct 2. Also, footnote, terrible movie. Like that <laughs> Is could, that a podcast? Well, we yeah. could do an episode yeah. on Basic Instinct 2. Yeah, in no, no I think it's interesting. I like. I wonder if the like she saw this character or villain as anti- beauty industry i mean they're a part of the beauty industry but it definitely maybe she just liked the message of anti-beauty industry that is in this movie yeah if anything Which is and good. again like i i do agree i guess in in the writing of this movie they did choose the beauty industry as a target for villainy and yeah. i think that that goes on this side of positive for like where we are for empowerment well that's what i was gonna say if anything and again they're so fucking heavy-handed with it but this is kind of the best part in this whole movie yeah. Like it is the part that has like the highest moral ground and like whatever. And obviously she ends up being deranged and like a villain, but yeah. like it is the most, I don't even want to say well-written because nothing in this movie is well-written, <laughs> but it is the most like yeah. fleshed out part. Like it makes the most sense. Yeah. No, that's fair. And as we come to the ending, it's not unentertaining this sort of, 
um, battle between what she's become because of the pharmaceutical industry True. and Catwoman. Like I, yeah. I was, I, I enjoyed this sort of ending or the way that it. Goes. I mean, we get that ending pretty much right now. Well, at least we get on the way to it because Halle Berry goes to meet her. Turns out it's a setup. What an obvious trap! Yes. I was yelling at my television. <laughs> I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Yeah. Like I know they're as an audience member they give us all the information, but I was very frustrated. That Catwoman uh, or Patience hadn't seen this coming. And she doesn't. Sharon Stone has killed her husband at this point. Plans to pin it on Catwoman because everyone's yeah. looking for Catwoman for various other crimes. She throws a gun at her. Let's just like hear catch. Sounds the alarm. Catwoman runs, but it's too late. They've seen her with the gun. And thanks to the DNA test, Benjamin Bratt knows what's up and is waiting for her when she gets home. Why? Why the fuck would you catch the gun? I'll answer that question. And someone throws something at you, you inherently want to catch it. it just I, one, okay. I one time had someone throw a bag of shit at me. <laughs> yeah. Human feces. Someone shit in a bag and threw it at me. It was like catch. And I caught it. Did it get on you or it, the no, bag it was safely held, in the bag? The bag held its. Uh, but I could, like, uh, as soon as I caught it, I was like, this bag oh, feels warm. Why did I catch it? It was because of the poop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's fair. Um, I was really frustrated. Why didn't she go after Stone there? Like, why didn't she try to security? She's not bulletproof. Her her. She just had to go. She had to go because it was too. Yeah, those quick. dudes showed up. And yeah, I mean, know. they did get swarmed fast. But I feel like after the gun got thrown at her, she should have shot Stone. She should have just ended but it. But then she is guilty of murder. Well, right now she's not guilty. Well, anything. and this is what we learn, I guess, and I didn't understand about the character is that she was not willing to kill. So um, Benjamin Brad's waiting for her at home. He arrests her interrogates her but he still isn't sure what to believe oh maybe maybe because she says things like the gun wasn't in my hand it was in catwoman's hand so we're getting a little bit of that split personality thing you were talking about there yeah this interrogation was painful again i'm hating the parts where she is patience and not catwoman at this point and not because i want to see her in the leather suit but because everything else the writing is just so bad I am hating the dialogue when it is not sort of moving the plot forward. It's not great. So she's in jail now. Uh, he leaves her there. But after she sees the ledge cat from earlier contort its body to fit through the window bars of her cell, she's like, wait a minute. And then she does that through the door. She can just fucking bend and flex her body through these jail bars, apparently. I enjoyed that part. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought right. it was funny to see the cat. Uh like, train her up and see her go through that and, and yeah. use that sort of method. <laughs> she jumps out the window uh, to escape the uh, police station, I guess. And we get yet another cat pun. She says, A girl like me lands on her feet. <laughs> they just fucking, they're just hammering us yeah, over the head with I, it. I struggled with that. I don't oh. know if they thought it was going to be funny, but it didn't land. Like, all of those cat puns were just way too on the nose for it to be. They were. Yeah. That's a recurring theme of a lot of movies we watch. They just fucking hammer you over the head. Maybe those it. are the bad movies, right? The Have ones some that. some respect for your audience, man. Yeah, that just assume everyone is stupid and yeah. then don't give you that chance. Well, from there, we go to a launch party for BioLine. Sharon Stone isn't going to let her husband's death stop it from going ahead. It's what he would have wanted, you see. She's been the villain this whole time. Yep. Benjamin's brat is there also. He's got some questions. Cat will want to be there soon, because. but first she has to steal a truck, which is just a straight padding scene. <laughs> we didn't need to see that at all. We weren't even close to the uh, one and a half hours. We I didn't we, need to see that scene at all. But is this where she was trying to take out the delivery of... Like, when she steals that truck, she's taking it because she's also trying to wreck 
the delivery of the violin. Like, if she's... that's true, I didn't get that at all. I thought she just needed a way to get to the no, fucking thing. No, 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 no. She is oh. trying to stop it from being sent out to others. But it's one truck. Aren't there like 15 fucking she trucks? She attaches a rope underneath the trucks and breaks the tire of all the others when she steals it. We still don't need it. It's padding. She's saving all those ladies. As soon as you expose that it's evil, they're going to turn all those trucks around. All the stores are <laughs> just going to send it back. She should have went straight to the canvas. Yes. Yeah, okay. Maybe. They're, they're going to keep selling maybe, it? Maybe, maybe. Come on. Okay. That's bullshit. I, ad, ad, listen, admittedly, I missed a big chunk there, but that's still bullshit. It's a padding scene. It's horseshit. Officer Tom Lone, Benjamin Bratt, lures Sharon Stone in by acting like he might want a bribe. But once she tips her hand, he goes to arrest her. She shoots him. Yeah. I was terrified. I'm like, you thought Benjamin was done. Huh? Oh, I yelled no at my TV. He's, he's, so he's a police officer. He's wearing a bulletproof vest. He's smart. Well, Catwoman to the rescue in any event. Although and- I think he does get shot in the shoulder or something because he's bleeding. Whatever. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt there. Mm-hmm. I, but I wanted to make sure that you knew Benjamin Bratt was going to be okay. Well, I thank God. Yeah. Because, you know, if anything happened to him, I don't know what I'd do. <laughs> <laughs> oh. She saves him, and then we're, we're about to get into what we've been waiting for this entire movie. Oh, man. So they it's, try to escape. Yeah. Benjamin Bratt's fighting off some goons. We get a one-on-one fight scene with Catwoman versus Sharon Stone. It's a cat and fight. my God. Oh, it's coming. It, it was set up. They were setting yeah, this up. I can't believe was. they didn't throw that light down, that line down. I thought there so one of them was going to be like, okay. And but I had this thought. So okay, she can't be hurt, but this still shouldn't even be a contest. We've seen what Halle Berry's Catwoman can do. I'm like, is Sharon Stone? Is she taking like Krav Maga classes or something? Like, how is she? It, it is weird and like on technique alone. And like, you should Catwoman's assume barrier. that only the parts of her body that have been creamed are like impenetrable. <laughs> so has she been rubbing it all over? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you said the parts have been creamed. I don't think that's okay. Well, you know what I mean. She's been using the body lotion oh, cream yeah, I know on herself. Mean. She has gained this like sort of strength or stone skin. She can't be rubbing this all over herself. She can't even reach her back. She's got some weak spots is what I'm saying. I had that thought also, actually. Yes. Uh, anyway, Sharon Stone fakes like she's been hurt yes. um, and then stabs Catwoman in the leg with some broken glass. Oof. And now she has her hanging out of a window but doesn't finish her off. Well, she's trying. She hits her with a fucking pole a couple times there. Oh, but you know what? She allows Catwoman to recover. Well, and so, sorry, I had to step in here because the writing is so bad right here. Sharon Stone says, game over. And she's about to finish her. And Catwoman, for some reason, although she was kind of like slightly unconscious or stunned, regains her cat powers, dodges the sort of blow that would knock her right out of this tall window to fall to her death. And she drops an it's over time. Yeah. But then she throws Sharon Stone out the window. It's overtime? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> You're incensed by this. <laughs> the line dropped, and it was so awful. It's not good. I-, I couldn't believe it. I was so mad. And then you're right. Then she spins it around, and who goes out that window? Sharon Stone. Now, now to be fair, Catwoman tries to save her because, again, she's not actually bad, but Sharon Stone falls. And that's pretty much it for this movie. Like Once the facts come out, Catwoman is a hero, and we end with a monologue and her dumping... Benjamin Bratt, which this is where this movie went out the window for me. I was on board <laughs> until now. And I was like, what uh, are you doing? Yeah. But no, she says freedom is power. Keeping with the theme from earlier. And she's not going to live in his world. And we fade out with her walking into the moonlight. This all happens really quick. Um, it does. When Sharon Stone falls from that window, 
There's a really bad shot of her like flipping over and over again as she crashes down to the ground. Like yeah. it just felt wrong. Like it didn't feel like that was what would happen if she fell from that window. Maybe it is. Maybe it wouldn't. And then you have a scene of her friend, Sally. Had yep. been joking earlier about how sexy the doctor was who was taking care of her. Of course, they get together. I love it. Happy yeah, ending they for get Sally. Together. Everything works out in this movie. The ending is perfect for everyone except for Benjamin Brett. But he always but you know wanted what? to be but alone. I guess he in keeping with alone. the movie whose theme is like tear down the patriarchy, you know, uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of fitting that the only character without a happy ending is the dude. Uh, Unless you also count Sharon Stone who fell to her death and her husband who was murdered. I mean, we don't care about them. So we're at the end of the movie. That's it. What do we do at the end of movies? This is the point where we're going to rate the movie. Now, in case you are just joining us for the first time, if you're a big Catwoman fan, and this is why you decided to check out our <laughs> this episode we're sorry. first. We're sorry yeah. if you're a big Catwoman fan, um, but we do appreciate you listening. Yeah, we rate it twice, two times. One to ten for how bad it is, and then one to ten for how enjoyable it is. And the goal, and again, so rare, at yeah. least so far in our it's first rare so episodes, far, yeah, who knows? is to get a ten out of ten on both, or as we call it, the... Crit, crit, crit 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. So I guess I'm going to go first here with how bad this movie is. Yeah. I'm not going to give this a 10 because there are some parts that are, I don't want to say well thought out. So this movie is not well thought out, but there are some parts <laughs> that are like, there are some relevant social themes here. Again, I think the movie has delivered it in a very ham-fisted, like kind of terrible way, but I kind of get what they were going for. And I'm going to give it a nine because it is really bad. It's really bad. The writing is so fucking awful. <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah. It's but I do think Sharon Stone as the main villain, she plays it really well. I think the performance is good. I think that she makes the most out of what is a fairly like shallow part. Um, I love Benjamin Bratt. I'll come in the enjoyable factor. But like, <laughs> but like good casting, putting him in this as like he's the exact right person for that role. Yeah. It's a terrible movie, but I can't give it time. I'm going to give it a nine. What do you think? Oh, fuck. This, this was... Uh... Really bad. Um, I had never seen it before. First time watching. Really disappointed in the sort of ninety late nineties, early two thousand sort of choices. I, oh, it's got that vibe. Yeah, for sure. I really, really disliked it. It felt really dated for me in that point. I disliked a lot of cinematography. You've kind of stole my thunder a little bit because I very much so think it is also a nine. Well, there um, we go. I don't. I don't think it fits all the way to a ten. I agree with some of your points about. Sharon Stone's role. I'm not quite as keen on Benjamin Brad as you are, but uh, I'm not going to take anything away from. Well, to be you fair, you do wear glasses. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's fair. That's fine. Um, it was really bad, and I think mostly for the writing and computer generation and cinematography, for me, uh, yeah. are, are the the big keys. It was really slapping in the face a lot with what was going to happen, but. But that's that, again, that's, that's very in keeping with that 90s, late yeah, 90s, it was very much how it goes. Um, yeah. In terms of enjoyability, I found this one harder to rate, right? I found the bad pretty easy, but the enjoyability, it was harder to give it a scale. As the movie progressed, I really disliked the parts where it just wasn't Catwoman, like, progressing and moving through and fighting. Like, I just wanted it to get there. Yeah, you made that very clear. You mentioned yeah, that Yeah, I know, all times. the way through yeah. this, this podcast. So, so clearly, I didn't enjoy it that much. I... <laughs> Uh, the the Sharon Stone character was kind of entertaining. There was some fun kind of fights or ideas. I did laugh at some of the puns, although they were really overworked. I, I think I have to give it a six for an enjoyability scale. Okay. Yeah. Well, that is one more than I'm giving it. I'm giving it a five. Wow, okay. And the funny thing is, as I was watching it, I was like, 
like this is a harmless movie. Like it's not, you know, like I was expecting it to be really, really bad, and I was kind of worried that I was gonna like just not enjoy any of it. I'm obviously never gonna watch it again. But you know what? Whatever. One time, fuck. I had some fun with it. Like, yeah. I think part of what makes it so enjoyable, Halle Berry, to me. There's something about her that just, like, you kind of want to root for her a little bit. And even though this movie is such a steaming turd, I can't be upset when she's on the screen doing Halle Berry things. I'm like, oh, she's charming, you know? <laughs> she is, honestly. Like, uh, I, okay. I enjoyed her part in this, but I hate this era of superhero movies so, yeah, so much. Yeah. It's a five for me. This movie is not good. Okay, so... Speaking we- of not good... What? No! I was just going to bring up Cat Lady. What are you going to say? Man, this is not my kind of beer. It's too. I don't know if it's because it's a it's a double dry hopped IPA. So all that means is that while it's fermenting, they add hops to the process so that it is more bitter and has more hop profile to the flavor. Don't like it. <laughs> so you want you you want your IPA straight up. You don't want the double dry. I, I think you know what it is. I think generally speaking, I am now admittedly enjoying pale ales. I can do a pale ale, even some IPAs, but the double dry hop on this one, I think, just too much for me. I don't, it's not, it's not good. Okay, I loved it. Um, but you would love it. I do. So super cloudy, super sort of bitter hop forward. I, I'd love to know what hops uh, are in it because um, they make a difference definitely in the flavor or taste, but I really enjoy the Cat Lady as I do with all of the Bellwoods IPAs and Pale Ales and all of their beers in general. And you know what? I enjoy some of Bellwoods beer for sure. I mean, their Jelly King Sour was like the benchmark sour for a long time, at least in the Toronto area in Canada. Um, they do a lot of fruited versions of that. They have one that tastes exactly like Five Alive, and I fucking love it. It's great. They also have like their Bellweiser Pilsner, which is great. I really enjoy that. But this one is just, it is, and we knew. This yeah, wasn't, and this we, wasn't we knew speed. this wasn't a Cooper beer. This you're, was the Nolan Week. For yeah, beers. thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Sometimes we pick beers for me and. And beers for you, and sometimes big movies for me and b- movies for you. But this was definitely a Nolan beer. Who was this movie for? Neither <laughs> of us. <laughs> <laughs> Women's oh, Empowerment? Man. It was a misfire. But you yeah. know what? Uh, I enjoyed talking about it anyway. And next week, we are going to be watching a movie that I'm assuming many people have not seen because it was essentially like straight to video. Have you heard of FDR, American Badass? <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen this. It sounds familiar only because I'm starting to get into or down the road of some of our like movie making, bad movie podcast kind of places. And this one is one that I think I've heard people talk about before. Yeah, essentially around like because, you know, the Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter movie came yeah, out. Yeah, I remember I've read that book uh, that sort of connects to some of that stuff. Right? Yeah, just this is just a, a historical reimagining, let's say, of one yes. of America's presidents. In this one, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt ends up fighting Nazi werewolves in his like uh, <laughs> rocket launcher-equipped wheelchair. This sounds it's a, fantastic. It's a comedy, which will be our first attempt at a comedy. Um, we'll see, man. Like, We've never done a comedy? No. Holy. Not an intentional comedy. Really? Okay. Yeah, this is, That's sweet. This is, <laughs> I'm yeah. excited for that. So we'll give it a try. If you're a comedy fan, if you're an American history fan, if you are a fan of horrible fucking movies and us talking about them you should tune in next week for sure because that'll be a good one yeah in between now and then uh you can find us on social media twitter instagram at the bmb podcast if you have any suggestions for beers and or movies send us an email at the bmb podcast at gmail.com or slide into our dms on either of the above mentioned social media posts and we'll be back next week with more until then i'm cooper and i'm nolan and we'll see you next week on bad movies and beer Keep it catty.
own the night. Live without fear. Be more than human.